This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Temple of Hoop. Uh, this episode, we have a very special guest, Mr. That Sleep Hit Different, a.k.a. Rod C. of the Laker Outsiders. Rod, what's going on with you, baby? How you doing, man? It's uh, great to be here. Uh, I've been listening to all the past ones, so I'm going to try to like keep that up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome to be on this one, man. Yeah, I want to appreciate uh Raj, he does a lot, posts a lot of good film and Laker content on the timeline. Uh, he just breaks down the game so just fans can pick it up and just embrace the content and understand what's going on. It's all Laker-centered. Uh, he's been a great follow on Twitter. Laddie, follow me back. I started to interact. We actually started interacting over uh, who was the owner of Brandon Ingram Island. That's how we, <laughs> right, that's how right, we started. Yeah. And it just kind of grew from there. So it's, uh, it's been a pleasure interacting with you, man. And I'm, I'm happy to probably have you on. Yeah, same here, man. Um, I feel like you've kind of taken over the island a little more than me. <laughs> I've kind of shifted over to the Anthony Davis part of it. But, yeah, it's it's been awesome that we kind of connected through that. And we we actually are right, right? Like last year we were all like, man, if Brandon just got more shots, like I right. swear. And now he made the damn all-star team. And, like, um, we we were right in that. Yeah, so just real quick, just re- recapping everything that went on this past week. Um, after just a tragic, unfortunate um, shooting by the police of uh, Jacob Blake that happened in uh, Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Bucks decided to uh, boycott their game to uh, make a stand, make a statement, and they actually ended up on the phone in the locker room with the attorney, lieutenant governor of, of Wisconsin. Just um, – what were your thoughts on just their decision to, to, to boycott and just what everything that, that fell out from that? Yeah, I mean, of course, I fully support their position, position you know, to uh, boycott the game. And um, it kind of sucks that, again, that this is happening. I mean, obviously, um, Kyrie and everyone were kind of worried that this would basketball would be kind of a distraction to what's going on. And then, you know, they probably just felt so powerless. I mean, you have a guy like uh, LeBron James who has, like, the most power probably as an influence in the world, and he feels even powerless in this. And he even kind of voted, right, to not um, to not continue to play him and the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. So, yeah, I mean, I fully support the, their decision. Um, they obviously did decide to come back to play, but um, they got some real stuff done in that time, right? Like, right away by not playing that game by the Bucks, they got on the phone with the legislators who right. who they said haven't even met in four months. And, you know, George, George Hill is like, man, what, what what the hell is that? You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they were, they were actually able to get some change. Obviously it won't, 
and everything that's going on. But I, I think it, it was very successful in them, like, not playing and getting attention on it, right? You listen to ESPN radio, and they talked about this for three hours straight. Right. Uh, and you weren't going to get that unless they, they stopped playing. Yeah. I just I, – I, I, this – my thought process went, like, several different places on this. It's obviously such a deep-layered right. decision just as far as boycotting. I definitely saw both sides of it. Um Mm-hmm. There's definitely those guys who there's guys who use their NBA money to you know create generational wealth and put that into communities to to help actually help people right. in, in in bad situations become better with life. So there's that aspect of it. We've got that uh, the other side of it where players realize the power they hold as sports entertainment, as sports in this country, the attention mm-hmm. it garners, and if it stops, people will have to pay attention to what's going on. So I right. saw that side of it. It was just it was just so layered, and then. My the foundation my foundational thought is at the end of the day I was like this is not even these guys' jobs exactly it's not even in there it's not even what they're supposed to be doing as far as you know they're they're getting more pressure from the general public than right. elected officials and people who work in government to to change society which to me yeah. has always been wild regardless of what I feel about what these guys say about different things going on. Right, uh, most definitely, and you saw like Chris Mannix tweet out from like the owner side of it, right? Like, yeah, what more can the owners do? And right, I was like, really, yeah. they have generational, like, right. kind of generational wealth. Right, like a guy like Steve Ballmer is worth like what seventy billion dollars. He just spent like what I think three hundred million just to throw away the forum, right? I mean, this kind of money is just it can affect a lot of things, and it's not on LeBron James, right, to do this, but he does. He's created a school. He has the more than a vote that's coming out, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's it's not his job, but he obviously feels like a weight of pressure on it to do it, a responsibility, and he's he wants to put onus on the owners as well, right? Like, yeah, you can have Black Lives Matter on the court and everything, and that's all good, but, you know, let's, let's put some action into it as well. And I'm glad that, you know, they're going to try to make – the owners a little more responsible and uh, make them actually put their money up for some of these yeah. some of these things that the players want done. Yeah, just what and just you know going a little deeper into it. Just obviously, I, I told people you know when stuff was leaking out of those meetings they were having, I was like, okay, there's what that guy said, what this guy said, <laughs> right. and the truth of actually what happened. And I probably it's probably a mix of everything. So just how did you feel about some of the stuff that was coming out of the meeting? It was just different variations of what LeBron did or didn't do or didn't say, what Kawhi wanted to do, what, you know, Haslam right. said, uh, what Patrick Beverly allegedly said to, you know, the Michelle Roberts was her name? Michelle right, Roberts. Michelle Roberts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I hope he didn't because it, it's just that comes off as very sexist and just disrespectful in general to right. come at somebody like that who's trying to help you. Because what did you feel about just all the stuff coming out of the meetings? How, what was your just, you know, your yeah. take on that? It, it felt kind of strange that, like, the news coming out of those meetings felt like free agency, right? Like, <laughs> it, it felt like a free agency vibe. Like, obviously, like, Chris Haynes is an amazing reporter. You know, he's not going to post something unless he has credible sources to it. Um, but, again, you can kind of read the tea leaves, right, of who's releasing what to who. <laughs> right. And, I, like, again, like I mentioned earlier, Chris Mannix, I feel like he was pretty clearly getting from the owner's side. And Chris right. Haynes obviously has his own side of things that he's releasing from. And, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, like, like – Patrick Beverly could have said that. I mean, he didn't deny it later on, and it just felt like a movie scene in some of the things. Like, that's what you, that's like, what you tweeted me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like it said, like LeBron stopped talking after a while. You know, like, like it was a movie. Like these, these aren't like actual people in a room communicating. It's not 
you know, like, oh, Kawhi Leonard said this, and then LeBron replied to this, and then Haslam checked LeBron, or you know, like stuff like yeah, that. It's just, just, just very weird, very, stuff, right? very, very strange stuff. And then even it, like I think the Denver Nuggets said Monte Morris was their spokesleader. You know what I mean? Like it's just like I, I don't know what's coming out. We weren't in those meetings. I just think it's strange that we got like a pretty much like word by word lines of what's coming out of it. Almost like Chris Haynes was in the room. Yeah, that that you know, was my thing. I was like, if you guys are going to be a, a union like that. Mm-hmm. I understand this is a very divisive issue, and, and the issue on whether right. the boycott or not play is, is very layered, and it has a lot of ripple effects as far as money and guys' mm-hmm. careers. To just if you guys, you got the league's got to stop, so you guys can at least look like you're you look like you're on the same page. Because my exactly. takeaway from that uh, whole meeting was like these guys aren't aren't united at all. Right, everything's yeah. really divided, and, that, and that's unfortunate because they do have such a strong voice. And you just mm-hmm. wish that all, you know, and, and labor unions argue, you know, as you yeah, get up and sure. become employed, there's going to be disagreements to just nobody cares about just like a teacher right. or anything like that. You just, right, right. It's just that those leaks in the media just kind of make it, it kind of weakens what they want to do, in my opinion, because it just softens what they're what they're trying to get done. And it takes focus off it, too, because instead yeah. of talking about the stuff that Milwaukee Bucks got done, right. we're talking about all the gossip in the meeting, not the 300 NBA employees they had on the phone all day calling, right. you know, legislators or the fact that they got the police reform bill discussed on the in, in Wisconsin. We're talking right. about the gossip in the meeting. So that, that's what I think they need to kind of batten down the hatches and close the leaks up a little bit. Yeah, and they and they also got every single arena, right, turned into a voting, right, exactly. uh, voting exactly. place. So, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of takes away from that. And, I mean, imagine being in that meeting and just thinking, like, I think Zubog even tweeted out, like, that's not what happened. or yeah. And then Terrence Mann also. Like, it must be weird to be, come out of something. <laughs> like, imagine me and you have a conversation, and then later on someone, like, yeah. puts out a word by word for what happened, you know? And, like, that's just very strange. But it's yeah. where we are in media. And that's why I said it's weird that it, that felt like free agency. Yeah. When it's not, it had so many more implications than free agency, right? It's a lot more important Maybe conversation. Even, yeah, even Dame was like, where are y'all getting this info from? Exactly. <laughs> where are y'all yeah. getting this from? <laughs> yeah. All right, just, just, I just wanted to touch on that stuff. You know, it is a part of the league. It wasn't basketball stuff. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Of you course. Know, uh, we are Laker fans. Um hmm Allegedly, the team wanted to walk away. So, just I just want to talk about that fan to fan real quick. Right. Just moving on, they they did decide to go back to playing basketball. They had three games a day. The mm-hmm. Lakers ended up closing out the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, they made it a little more interesting than we would like it to to have been. <laughs> right. But they got it done. LeBron and Anthony Davis were just sensational, like seventy nine points combined. Just ridiculous uh, efficiency. Just um, what do you think about this game? You know, just obviously a slow start. They kind of slept walk, and then they hit a switch late, and boom. But what do you think of the game all together? Yeah, I mean, you could tell, like, they didn't really respect – I don't know if they didn't respect, but they didn't take it as a threat. I mean, yeah, no right. Damian Lillard. Uh, they're obviously – the intensity wasn't the same. I mean, you saw KCP just get blown by every single time by <laughs> C.J. McCollum. And, yeah, I mean, they, they felt like they could outscore this team, and they could, right? I mean, LeBron and AD pretty much got whatever they wanted. Um, Anthony Davis was just killing from mid-range and from three. And I feel like that's that's what happened. I mean, I feel like closeout games are the toughest, you know, like that's when teams fight the most. and. Um, they got it done, but yeah, they they didn't play the same, even close to the intensity as they did in Game Four. Yeah, it was just you know one of those things. The guys, okay, let's get back into the swing of things. They're not really a threat, but let's let's get going. But right. it was just it's, it's good to see LeBron hit that, still be able to go to that gear. Uh, yeah. we'll get a, I think we'll get a little better of a, of a taste of where he really is. The, the Rockets were the Thunder. I'm going to go ahead and say Rockets. They're up three two. 
Um, just the matchups are a little more difficult. Like it yeah. won't be like a Gary Trent size player guarding LeBron. So right. we'll see where he is physically. I'm, I'm looking very forward to that. Uh, I will say on a side note, it, it, it was fun to see Melo kind of go in a time capsule a little bit. That was fun just as a basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Everything he's been through, that was fun to witness him. I think he dropped 27 tonight. Yeah. High efficiency though, so that was fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Car- Denver Carmelo is like one of my favorite players. I started watching the league in around 07, 08, and that was like Denver Melo, like at his peak, you know, averaging like 28 a game with uh, next to Iverson. And right. um, <laughs> people like people forget how like scary a dude that was to match up with in the playoffs. I remember he'd be he could rebound, kill you in post, and yeah, it was cool watching him just go off. It took, like, it took every bit every bit of Kobe to knock them out in 2009. I remember that. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, God. They took game one. I remember. I was like, oh, my God. And then yeah, I so think just, that was – Yeah. yeah. Just, um, just I want your take on the – you know, you watch a lot of Lakers show. You put a lot of stuff on the timeline. Just one, what, what are your take – what is your take on the on the Deion Waiters situation? Uh, he was had a migraine tonight, so I know he was iffy, so I'm wondering if that's why they didn't they didn't sit him because but in the second quarter I believe they put a lineup out there with or in, or towards the end of the first mm-hmm. lineup out there with no A D or LeBron on the court and then no waiters. Okay. And it went as expected. It just you know <laughs> <laughs> I think the Blazers went up going eight going up eight. Right. So where where are you with Deion Waiters and why do you think he's not being utilized when there's obviously clearly a need for what he brings to the table? Yeah, it, it's strange. Like when he plays at least for me like just watching back he's good every time he plays like at least offensively right like he comes off ball screens he can create he can shoot off the dribble and we don't really even have another guard that can do that besides LeBron basically right. and he, he's a good passer as well like I I really don't understand it like I get the d- defensive issues but I mean I don't know how you watch J.R. Smith <laughs> foul every single jump shooter he tries really hard though like J.R. really is putting the effort like he's in a stance he's just he hasn't played, you know, like meaningful bas- basketball in, what, I think like a year or something like that. So his timing on defense is off, but I don't think Dion can be. He's much. been two years, right? It was since the uh, the finals, 2018. He's been two years, right? I think he played a little bit for this, like, really bad Cavs team. But, okay. Like, then they, just then for they, a bit, yeah. That didn't, obviously doesn't really count. I mean, they yeah. none of those games really count. But, um, uh, yeah, it, I would like to see him get more minutes, but I totally understand, like, why they don't play him because of the defense. You don't want CJ or Dame going, but CJ went off anyway, so it didn't, it didn't really matter. But, uh, yeah, I hope he gets minutes in the next series. Um, I think they could use him. They need another ball handler that can score, especially the way Houston, they switch everything. So you need guys who can attack their 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 guy in isolation, and he's one of the guys that can. Yeah, I agree. Just – just a quick recap of the game. Just Lakers kind of slept walk, but they got it done. They're moving on. Second round of playoffs mm-hmm. for the first time since 2011. 2011, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, time flies, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, just looking forward to you know who the Lakers might play in the second round. Uh, the Rockets pretty much manhandled the, the the Thunder today. It was a close game at halftime, but they started the third quarter with a 19 to two run, which pretty much uh, blew right. up in the game. They got a 3-2 lead. They would have to really choke these last two games and not get it done. Right, uh, yeah. They are capable, uh, knowing the Rockets, but I'm going to go out on the limb and say, say they close <laughs> it. Just uh, what do you see as far as the Lakers and the Rockets matching up? What do you think will be a keys to, to winning that series? Yeah, like I think the main key is how Anthony Davis gets used, in my opinion. Like 
they're going to switch everything, and that, that makes you susceptible to just throwing it in the post, right? And that's really that's what Houston wants. Want. That's what they want. Yeah, that's exactly what Houston wants you to do. They did that when they first played. Obviously, there was no real, like, able to scout during that time, but remember when the Lakers and Rockets played, um, and they threw it into AD a lot. He got his buckets, but, I mean, that's exactly what Houston wants you to do. Um, and I think LeBron will also have to be aggressive as a scorer. They're going to really just continue to switch, right? And he's going to have to attack his guys off the dribble. Um, Houston doesn't really have any rim protection. So I'd like to – like I, I, we were talking on Twitter, and you were like, JaVale McKee is not playable <laughs> in this series, and I don't believe that's going to happen at all. I think he's going to start all these games. And if he does, <laughs> if he does, they're going to need to dominate the offensive rebounding because that's where he can make good damage, right? Because if you have P.J. Tucker down there trying to box out AD – then uh, I'm not sure who the other guy is, um, either Covington or Eric Gordon, whoever trying to box out JaVale. That's where he's going to have to uh, have to make his way. So I, I hope that's what they do if they do start the two bigs. Um, but, yeah, that's the main key to me is the offensive rebounding. And then, obviously, on Harden, I'm not sure how they're really going to play him. They're probably going to trap him. But, um, yeah, well, they had a really tough time with Westbrook in the first matchup as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that was the only uh, – actually, uh, uh, when, I, when I tweeted something about that, Pete actually – Tweeting me was like uh, that game petrified me about the uh, <laughs> about the Rockets. Uh, right. I, I don't think Westbrook can capture that four times in a row. To mm-hmm. be fair, I think Harden and Westbrook are, is a slight upgrade over CJ and Dan. Just you know, oh for sure. Yeah, so I think that'll be a different different. Just two different types of uh, of backcourts. Hundred finesse shooting one, but Harden and, and Westbrook kind of come at you, so it's a little different. I yeah. think Caruso is really going to have to be really great to continue to be great defensively. He was great defensively this series. I didn't think yeah. he could do as well as he did on on Dame and CJ, but he got right. a lot of he got a lot done on defense. But he's being able to c- contain those two and just kind of force Westbrook to take those contested jump shots. Yeah, and let exactly. him let them live in the paint and just with Harden, just try to keep him off the line. I think just try to make him you know a, a good barometer. Those guys try to make him. Score as many points on as many shots he takes. If he has 27, 28, make it on 28 shots. You know what I'm saying? Just keep right. the efficiency down. He's going to score, obviously. Right. He's a great player. I think that should be the goal. Um, JaVale should not play. Uh, <laughs> if you watch the games, when he does play against the Rockets, it does not look good. Yeah. It's just stylistically, it's just a bad matchup. They don't play a center. It's very right. five out. I don't think he's uh, – I don't want to be disrespectful, but just, I don't think he has the – the, the IQ to defend in space. As right. A big no. guy, like you see him like fouling jump shooters out in space, jumping at every single little hitch. Exactly. I just, yeah, I just don't think it's a series for him. And I think right. the coaching staff has got to be professionals. Like JaVale, they don't play a center. You are still right. a big part of this team. You you are a part of a championship caliber team. But this series uh, is not fit for somebody like of your size or skill set. you got to get this done with AD at the five majority of the time. And when he's not in, it's got to be Keith. Right, that 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 uncomfortable conversation needs to be had, but you know, who knows? Maybe you know they tried, and maybe Javale dominates the class, like you say. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny because like you see how they defended Dame, right? They would trap at the top, and then they would give it to Nurkic, who would play the little four on three. Um, Westbrook kind of plays that role for Houston. He's pretty much their center on offense in a weird yeah, I way. Noticed that. I noticed yeah, that. so that's kind of the difference here. Um, Nurkic obviously is can attack in the post, but Westbrook is just as, you know, explosive on those. He can just fly in, and that's what he did um, in their in their first matchup. So I think that would be kind of key because, I mean, you can't really trap with JaVale out there on Harden. I mean, it's going to be – it's going to get ugly pretty quickly. I, I think even Dwight Howard would struggle in this matchup. Um, James Harden 
is probably the best in the league at drawing fouls. There's, I don't know if there's anyone better. And Dwight is really like he gets frustrated. Um, I'll say, you know, I, I I tweeted once to tell Dwight to just like just be quiet and play, but these refs don't like him, man. I, in the oh, no. bubble, he's picking yeah. up fouls like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, yeah, he has to be better with that. I mean, he sometimes he he'll just get a foul just for being big. You know what I mean? Because he's just bigger than everybody, and someone will like jump on him, and he'll get the foul, and he'll get frustrated with that. But um, yeah, he's got he's got to be better for sure. Yeah, just kind of where the league is with just emphasizing exactly. scoring. It's just tough for defenders, man. It really is. All right, so we got that. We looked ahead to the, you know, and you do have the Rockets closing that out, right, with the Thunder? Do you have the Thunder winning the next two or what? Uh, no, I think the Rockets close it. I just think OKC doesn't have enough firepower to score, um, and especially with um, Shea not having, like, the best series as well. And, I mean, unless Schroeder just keeps dropping, like, 30, 30 on their head, but I just don't, I don't think that happens. I think Houston yeah, closes yeah, it out. They just don't have a firepower. And that was why yeah. I was uh, – I thought Adams would be able to – be more of a factor, but he's well, yeah. struggling out he, there. That was that was what killed the series for me. I thought he would be smart enough to yeah. stay on the floor and be a factor. But right, it's just he's tough, man. Bad. It's just a tough for tough for centers now in the NBA. Right. So just looking forward to the you know we're going to quick run down for the rest of the playoffs. So let's knock out the other two out west. Do you think uh, the Clippers close it out tomorrow? Do you think Luka uh, takes them to seven? I don't really want to doubt Luca, but I mean, I I think the Clippers close it out, especially without Porzingis. Um, I I just don't think they they have enough to close it out. And if Paul George, you know, if he plays well now, I mean, he had a, his first game back, and now he's like, I'm back. But I mean, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Clippers close it out. They just Kawhi is just too much for them. They have no answer for him, and Luca's gonna have to have another forty point like crazy triple double to win it. Um, so I mean, they could push it to seven, but yeah, I think the Clippers uh, take this one. That's not, I will say just you just brought up Kawhi, but in general, man, just watching these stars, you know, just show out in the playoffs, it's right. fun to watch. This is what the playoffs is all about. Your big name players stepping up. We saw it tonight with AD and Brown, Kawhi and Luca, not been both playing out of their mind the majority of that series. Mm-hmm. You got uh, this next one we're talking about, you know, Utah and, and Denver. Mm-hmm. You got Murray and Mitchell putting on a scoring clinic against each other. So, where do you think that goes? Yeah, I mean, I I, I love Don. I've I've been a huge fan of his game since I mean since he was drafted. Um, I feel like like I don't know. I said this on Twitter and I got crazy. I think he belongs in that like Tatum like those kind of conversations. He he's about to lead his second. He, this is his third year, right? He's about to lead his team into the second round for the second time in the West. Like I I think he's like really really good. Um, he can score off the pick and roll, and he's just like giving Jokic and all those defenders a really hard time, but. I mean, Jamal Murray also, I don't know what's gotten into him. He's averaging <laughs> right. like 40 this series as well. I, I think Utah takes it. Um, I just think – I don't think Murray's going to go off for that much again, and I think they just can't defend Mitchell on pick and rolls. And it looks like they got Memphis Mike Conley back too. So, I mean, I feel like Yeah, he was, he, him coming back has been big. He's coming yeah. back has been big. He's him getting back to he – he had a rough season too. So, yeah. I think that four months off gave him time to get healthy and just gather himself. Right. Coming in the bubble, he's, you know, he's a vet. He knows how to play. He's been there before. Yeah. Right, so you got uh, Clippers moving on and, and Utah moving on. No game seven either way. No do or die. I don't think so. I think I think Utah takes it out. Um, that was they had a was that one in overtime the Denver Utah game the last yeah, one. Yeah, it did. Okay, yeah. So I mean, it took that just to take one game off of a three-one lead. So I, yeah, I think I think Utah takes it. How about you? Good. So I think Utah. Close. It would be nice. I'm a big I'm a big Jokic guy. I love watching him play. 
Yeah. Just, uh, he hasn't had the greatest series, especially defensively. I just think Quinn Snyder has done a great job of just exposing his limitations. Right, right. I think uh, that's what the playoffs is about, the coaching adjustments, just the small things, the, the, the tilt matchups. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think Utah close out, they still don't have an answer for Mitchell. Right. So I think that that might, might do them in. Uh, moving on to the East, uh, predictably so, the Eastern Conference first-round matchups were <laughs> – you know, predict. I think I made a joke that they should all be on tape delay. <laughs> We're going to be super competitive. Uh, right. The Bucks put the uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The Bucks put the Magic down. Finally, Magic can take their 15-minute drive home after this uh, <laughs> after lose, after losing the day. Yeah. Um, so you got the Bucks playing the Heat. I know the sexy pick. Everybody's leaning Miami. Yeah. I'm riding with my boy Giannis because I think he gets a bad rap about what he can and can't do. Yeah, Giannis. I picked the Bucks in six. Where are you with that series? Yeah, I pick I picked the Bucks too. Um, the only thing is like Miami has like they they have the coaching to do it right, like to have the scheme and everything to agree. Agree. And and then they have a superstar in Jimmy Butler. So when you have all that combined, you you have yourself a chance. I just think Milwaukee's too good. Their their regular season was too dominant. I mean, they're, Miami they don't have enough firepower in my opinion. Like Tyler Hero's nice. Like Duncan Robinson is nice. But I mean, it when it comes down to it. I don't think they can defend the Bucks enough. And Giannis just looks unstoppable. I mean, he had like 30 tonight and I think 20 minutes or some just crazy, <laughs> insane number. It just looks effortless. So, um, yeah, I think the Bucks take it as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, um, you know, everybody's talking about the the, the Bam-Giannis matchup, uh, that Bam can defend Giannis. They played one game in the bubble. Giannis kind of had his way. That, right, that was, yeah. A, a rough start. Uh, the key for me for the Bucks is always going to be Middleton. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like Giannis will be there. The thing what they do with defend the Bucks, they just we're going to take the pain away from Giannis, and you guys have to make shots. If right. they don't make shots, the series will, will go the <laughs> other way. Those guys have to be confident and, and believe in themselves and knock down open shots that they're going to get because Giannis is going to get the pain taken away from them. Right. We'll see how it goes. Moving on a, a little more. Another heated match. I think these these second round matches are crazy in the in the East. Right. You got the Toronto Raptors and the uh, Boston Celtics. You got a key injury on each side. Uh, Hayward is going to be gone. Right. Know, on top of that, you got Lowry dealing with with a ankle issue. Was it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah ankle issue. So you know, obviously those are two. Lowry's more important to the Raptors than the Hayward is to the Celtics, in my opinion. Yeah, but for two sure. Two very key injuries. Uh, just where are you with that series, and what kind of factors do you see tilting it either way? Yeah, I mean, I sadly think Boston is better. <laughs> like, I, I, it hurts me to even say that, but they, they just, I don't know. Like, I think Toronto's obviously really good. I just think Boston has the best player in the series in, in Tatum. And then um, I know the Gordon Hayward injury. I mean, I'm it sure I'm sure it hurts, but it also allows them to play Marcus Smart more, and um, they even they get better defensively, in my opinion. And then Jalen Brown has taken all of Gordon Hayward's shots, and that seems like a good thing. He's hitting like step back threes, and then you know Tatum on the side. I, they, when they played in the bubble, I think Boston killed them. Right, they beat them by like thirty or something like that. Um, when they played in the, the yeah. bubble games, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think Toronto's really good. I think that's going to be a really good series. I just I sadly think Boston takes it in seven, but um, I think it's going to be a close series, though. How about you? Yeah, I picked uh, I picked Toronto in seven. You got two of the best, you know, young coaches in the game. The uh, mm-hmm. guys have been there less than, you know, th- three to five years. Um, again, I don't know how serious Lowry's injury is, but it's big. I don't know how, how serious it is. Right. Yakum hasn't been great in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he'll wake up. 
I got Toronto on seven. I'm just, I'm, I'm a big. I, lo- I love what Toronto Toronto yeah. does. They give me uh, 2004 Detroit Piston vibes. You know, <laughs> probably the most frustrated I've been as a Laker fan in the recent history, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, but they do give me that vibe. It's like, you know, we don't have a superstar, but we have everything else and we can't right. score. So uh, I, I picked the Raptors in seven, but it would not surprise me if Boston won. Again, they do have the best, you know, I call them the break glass in case of emergency players. Tatum is right. one of those. I'll, he'll throw up 40 in the game if you need him to with the way exactly, he can score. Yeah. I don't know if Toronto has that. I don't think they do. Kawhi's not there anymore. I don't think they have a, a guy who can just go get 40 in a playoff game if he needs yeah. to. I don't so, think Siakam's ready, right, for that yet. He's yeah, we'll see. Ready. I mean, he, he averaged 24 game in the season, but it's not. I don't think scoring is comes to him as natural yeah. as it does for Tatum. So yeah. I don't know if he can do it. He gets him more out of the flow, right? Right, Siakam, right, 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 right. You give him the ball and ISO score and things like that. Yeah. Right, right. So I think it's going to be that's going to be a great series. Coaching, you know, going back and forth. Two young, great young coaches going back and forth. That'll be fun to right definitely. watch, man. And then um, so moving on, who do you got? In the um, conference finals and finals in the in, in the East, look based on everything you've seen so far. So in the conference finals, I I think I picked I picked Boston right to make the Boston the, and the Milwaukee conference, conference Boston finals. Milwaukee yeah and I I think Milwaukee beats Boston in, in the in the conference finals for sure. Um, I I just think they have no one to guard Giannis and uh, I think he destroyed them right in last last year as well last year as well. Obviously no Kyrie whatever that means uh, for Boston, but um, um, yeah. No comment. Yeah. I think that got overblown. I mean, I don't know how much Kyrie affects the defense, but I mean, um, yeah, uh, I, I think Milwaukee takes that. All right, good. We go, we go. So we both agree it will be a Lakers-Bucks finals then. Right, definitely. I'm with that Lakers and six, baby. <laughs> I hope so, man. Watching, going from like, Harden to Giannis is going to be super annoying, though. I mean, oh no, Harden, Kawhi, and then Giannis. I don't know. I think you have the Clippers in the conference finals, right? Yeah, well. I got the Clippers. I got the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, it's yeah. going to be that's going to be annoying to watch. <laughs> Try to defend Harden then, and then Giannis. <laughs> that's bad. That's a championship, though, right? You got to go yeah, through. You know, how many you know, how many fifty win teams does Shaq and Kobe go through? Is that's that's what it definitely. is? Right? Definitely, definitely, exactly. So real quick, everybody, I want you guys. Follow Raj on Twitter, Unwritten Rules, rules spelled with a three. Yes, sir. Tell me how to sleep here tonight. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it hits different, man. Hopefully it's different. It, that thing has been, that thing grown, like, out of proportion, man. I never expected that thing oh, to when, grow. When, when ESPN jacked you, I was like, come on, man, at least at the guy. At least at the guy. Shows you love, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, just on, on, on a somber note, before we get out of here, I just want to say uh, RIP to just a, couple of basketball legends. Uh, coach Lute Olsen passed away, just a legendary Arizona coach, put dozens of guys in the NBA. RIP to Clifford Robinson, uh, all-star player, one of the toughest guys, original, one of the original stretch bigs, uh, played right. three, four, and five, great player. And also just on a, on a different note, a guy who's, you know, seen an NBA game, participated in all-star weekend, just RIP to Chadwick Bozeman, uh, star of the Black Panther, star right. get on, play James Brown and get on up. Also played Jackie Robinson in 42. Just uh, just played a lot of iconic figures. Did a lot for just representation of uh, of just really people of color in cinema and in comic book movies. Uh, God bless his family. Uh, bless his soul. Anything you want to add, Raj? Uh, yeah, man. That uh, seeing uh, Chadwick Boseman pass, man. That was that was tough to see. And then you see him like having pictures with Kobe and stuff, and you kind right, of man, all just, that. Just, 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 just
dudes in their primes going out just is is the worst thing, man. It's just it's just hard to to hard to see, man. Prayers out to his family and uh, rest in peace for sure. Absolutely, prayers are all involved. Everybody, you know, stay safe out there. Uh, reach out to somebody. Tell tell your people you love them because you never know when the time is coming. Unfortunately, uh, just always show love and everything you do, man. Uh, thank you guys for tapping in. Hit that follow, subscribe button. Again, follow Raj on Twitter. Unwritten rules. Rules are spelled with the three. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Temple of Hoop. We are out of here. Appreciate you. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.